0: Hello and welcome back. I am so grateful that you guys are here. I probably will say it every single time, but to be honest, I I just feel very blessed and very, very honored. Um, for those of you who have taken the time to really listen to these podcasts and invest your time into allowing me to just share my story and speak into your life at any capacity, I I really just feel very blessed and honored. And so thank you. Thank you for supporting me and thank you for Listening, I'm uh, I'm very excited about today's message. I am a little nervous, and to be honest, this is my second time recording it because I started recording it and I felt like I was going off into the weeds that I didn't need to be going off of. So I was like, okay, I need to I need to redirect what this message is about and. Really, it's, a, it's very much a spin-off um, from the, my pastor's message this Sunday because he preached it and it just gave me so much clarity, and I'm going to totally steal the name of his message, and it's what needs to go. And the reason why I love that is because we're talking about a surrendered Christian life. We're talking about allowing God to be the the voice in our life and and releasing things to him and really relying on who he is and and really experiencing him the way that we should have been all along because i i missed out for 5 years on experiencing who my god truly was and i'm still only just learning only just being able to 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 grasp just a little bit of who he is and how powerful he is in our life if we surrender, if we walk in obedience. And the reason why this message is called What Needs to Go is because oftentimes when God asks us to obey him and to surrender and to release something in our lives to him, oftentimes, in order to do that, something else has to go, right? Something else has to be removed from our life, not surrendered, but removed in order to complete that full obedience of surrendering and releasing whatever he's asking us to do to him. And I don't want this message today to um to be a vent session, to be a look at how bad this is, look at look at how bad this story is, look at how I was treated. I don't want that to be this because this story today is me just sharing and really offering a red f- a warning signal out to you of the dangers that can happen when you allow men and society to be the voice that you listen to. And you allow it to drown out the voice of God in your life. Because that was the biggest mistake that we made over the past, um, you know, five years until about a year and a half ago. So four and a half, five years. That was the mistake that we made um, that led us to where we were. But then also, by the grace of God, it allowed us to be where we are now. So I am. I'm actually very grateful for this story. I'm very grateful for what God allowed us to walk through because, um, oh my goodness, I'm getting emotional, because it's humbling to know that when I left the situation four and a half, five years ago, I was a pile of broken glass. I was just beaten down and broken. But man, over the last year and a half, the beautiful picture that God has already put together for me to see uh, is so humbling because again, I want this podcast to be all about what it truly means to live a surrendered Christian life and who our God is. If we do so, how he can work and how powerful he can be in our life. So I'm probably going to change some names around. I'm going to try not to get off in the weeds and anything. Um, I really just prayed about this because I don't want this to be a negative thing. This is a positive thing. My, po- my story is not positive, obviously, because of the decisions that Thomas and I made. But it is positive because God led us through that and he taught us so much. So as I'm going through the story, I don't want you to think, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you know, you went through that. I can't believe you had those people in your life. Well, guess what? We allowed them in our life. Guess what we we allowed them to be that voice in our life, so it was really our fault. It was really our fault, right Now these people need Jesus um <laughs> they need they need to be woken up to what they're doing because sadly uh they didn't want to when we had our conversation with them and we confronted them about some things, but that's just where we pray, and we just pray that that God opens their eyes right we We pray that that they are able to experience that grace that we experienced, that mercy that we experienced, that God didn't let us keep wandering around in, in what we were wandering around in for four and a half, five years. Thomas and I, he, he, by the grace of God, he, he moved us out of that. So we just pray that for for these people, and I hope that's your prayer in, in some in your life. If you have someone who you know is just so, so far off the beaten path that you just pray, pray that God would. Um, Allow their eyes to be opened by His grace, right? So, I'm going to get into this, and the reason why, again, this is called "What Needs to Go" was because this was something that was extremely dear to us. Uh, this was something we were invested we had invested our entire life in for the past five years. So it was hard when we realized, "Wow, this this needs to go." It, I mean, it was a big thing, right? So, uh, when Thomas and I got married six years ago now, we, he had already been involved in a network marketing company. And this is my little disclaimer. I have no hate for network marketing companies. I loved the one we were a part of. I think it's still an amazing company. This has nothing to do with the company, right? They didn't screw us over. They were, they were great. But when we got involved with the network marketing company, along with that came a totally separate entity of a training system with people involved. And the issue really lied within the um, people that we were involved with within the training system. I wouldn't even necessarily say the training system, just the group of people that we got involved with. And, uh, you know, we allowed ourselves to be very glamorized and got extremely caught up in what society feeds you. It's so hard. I will not blame Anybody, but you guys, we gotta watch ourselves, right? We we gotta check ourselves sometimes because we got caught up in everything that society is about right now. Mentorship, um, uh, you know, wait to have kids till you're like in your thirties because they're a distraction and they're really just an accessory. And only have two because uh, that's just you know you're crazy if you have more, but nobody tells you why. I actually don't know why you know if I sit here and think about it, I, I challenge you to think about that. Why are you crazy if you have more than two? um having wealth, having multiple streams of income um building a legacy for yourself uh you know being just going after something having a purpose. You know, you don't have purpose in your jobs. People don't have purpose in their jobs anymore. That's why they're looking for other things. That's why they're looking for ways to create income because they want freedom. And um, they want financial freedom. They want wealth, they want purpose. They want all these things. And we got caught up in the glamour of this because let's be honest, Satan isn't a little black rain cloud that kind of rolls around you he is glamour and he is materialism and he is the nicest car the biggest house look at all this extra money look at this comfort look at this security look at this peace look at this purpose and passion that's who he is and that's what he feeds you and we thomas and i got caught up in that that, that was us. That's 100% us, right? But we also got caught up in prosperity gospel because the couples, um, I'm just going to call them upline number one and upline number two, knew how much of a Christian, I don't want to say how much of a Christian I was, how devoted I was to God and, and the, the things that I had believed that God had put on my heart to accomplish. And they started feeding me, oh, look what you can do for God. Look at how you can, you know, change these people's lives. Oh yeah, for God. And man, if someone ever says that to you, guys, please, red flag number one, run the other way because the harsh reality of the situation is you cannot, I cannot do jack crap for God. I cannot because guess what? God doesn't need me. He could literally do anything and everything on his own. He does not need me. But he chose me. He chose me and allowed me to become a part of his purpose, his kingdom, his family. And that is what our life should be all about. But anyways, we got caught up in that. Then we got caught up in... um you know, there's everything that goes with being an entrepreneur. Oh my gosh, entrepreneurialism. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, I'm making fun of it, but let's be honest. I'm very entrepreneurial. I, Thomas and I have um, goals and dreams of things that we're going to be accomplishing here as well. So I have no, I have no ill will towards that. I'm totally, I would totally label myself as an entrepreneur. Um, but the reality of the situation is when it becomes all for you and your prosperity and your glory, which is what it is. It was being fed, right? It was being fed for our prosperity, our glory, our personal peace, our wealth. Then it becomes bad. Because the reality of the situation is good things, when they become God things, gods to us in our life, they then become bad things. They then become distorted and wrong, right? So, hold on, I want to look up this, I want to look up this saying. It was so good, and I just totally, I totally just butchered it, but give me, give me a second. It, I mean, it, it was just, oh, here we go. Good things become bad things when they become godlike things. In other words, good things in our lives, things that God has blessed us with that our uh, awesome, great things become sin when they become gods to us instead of God Himself, and that's what was happening in our life, and um, and then that's when the prosperity gospel started coming in, and man, it had enough seed of truth that maybe this could be, maybe this could be real, and you're like, you're a pastor's kid, how did you fall for that crap? Well. Again, it's who you allow to input into your life. Because if you allow society, people who don't care about you, people who are so drunk on the world and what the world can give, and prosperity gospel has enough seed of truth in it, But it is complete false doctrine, it is complete lies, and if you don't know what that is, um, I'm going to be doing a whole nother episode, I'm going to really dig into it, I'm going to tear it apart, because honestly, I I don't need to have any grace for it, because it is literally the spawn of Satan, Um, it is his doctrine that he is preaching to corrupt people, and if you also want another uh, resource, go watch American Gospel on Netflix. And that will give you an amazing, um, an amazing look into what prosperity gospel is. But so, you know, we got caught up in that. And in the reality of the situation, too, is, you know, one of the biggest things they started doing was they started pulling us away from church. They started pulling us away from these people. Um, I got labeled as being religious. I remember upline number one uh, was was someone that I seeked mentorship from. You know, you have one voice. Oh, my goodness. If someone tells you to have one voice in your life, run the other way. You should, the only one voice you should ever have in your life is Christ and his Holy Spirit speaking to you and you should never rely on one man because man, even me, the heart is wicked and sinful and corrupt and who can know it, right? That, that applies to me because I am a quote unquote man. I'm a woman, but I'm a man. You know what I mean? That's just what I'm saying. When I say men in general, I'm talking about society and I'm talking about people, and the other thing they talked about was, okay, well, you got look at the fruit on the tree. Look at the fruit on the tree. Do you want what these people have? And they started to turn you against people in your life, like even your own parents. Do you want what your parents have? Look at the way they struggle with money. Look at this. Look at that. You know, they're, they're losers if they think that that's what they should be doing with their life. And I, w- I got angry that I didn't stand for that. Um, because I was like, my God, my my parents have impacted the kingdom of God more than you ever will already in your lifetime. Okay, so don't don't talk to me about that. Um, I was that that I didn't let them touch, but but they started to do that. You know, is this what you want? You want to constantly struggle? You know, with money. This is why you shouldn't have kids. This is why you should build something else, and just kind of placing these seeds that are so society driven honestly Satan driven mindsets that he's put into society and we allowed these people to dominate our life to control our life and this is my biggest warning to you is what needs what must go when he called us, when God, you know, again, I'm referencing my story, which is the first thing, my my very first podcast, I shared that just the basis of my story. When God asked us to surrender our family to him, the fear that I had was not because of what God might not do or what he might do in our life. It was because of, man in our life because of men and because what they were saying to us and that is where the fear came from. And um I'm sorry I'm getting a little emotional, but it just blows my mind <laughs> because guys there is nothing greater. There's nothing more powerful than our God. And, um, I was just reading a verse today. Oh, crap. I didn't mark it, but it talks about the plans of God are higher than we could ever imagine. And nothing in this world can thwart his plans once they have been put into place. And I would just ask you now who who are you allowing to speak in your life? Where have your ideals come from? Where has the way that you're living your life come from who who's spoken that where have you where have you you know take it picked it up from who's spoken that into your life? who are you currently? allowing to speak into your life because when God asked us to surrender our family to him I remember being scared out of my mind to tell upline number 1 upline number 2 I could care less they um sadly they are um narcissists gaslighters and emotionally abusive legitimately I'm not just saying this um so at that time they had, I'd never really let them have any power in my life because our relationship was, I always, I always knew stuff about them that I, I would not allow them to speak in our life because I literally wanted nothing they had because they would talk about like be fruit inspectors. <laughs> and even though we were being, uh, allowing ourselves, you know, to be indoctrined with all this stuff, I, I could care less what they were saying because I could see the fruit in their life and I wanted nothing to do with it. So, but I was scared out of my mind to tell, um, upline number one, uh, the the lady who was mentoring me because I wanted her approval so bad because in the first couple years of our relationship, she really did help me. I mean, she really helped guide me as a young, I mean, I was a little girl. I was 19 when I got married. Um, and she really helped me so much with my marriage and with, um you know just growing up and maturing and and finding confidence in myself in er- certain areas and it was hard for me to to realize that i had allowed this her to be in this position in my life and it was hard for me to realize that she was just as guilty um as my upline number 2s because she was sharing false doctrine she was the main culprit Of where this whole message of don't have kids, don't get pregnant is coming from. And if you do, wait till you're in your, you know, 30s. Um, It was hard for me to realize, like, yeah, she's just as toxic because she had done good stuff in my life. She had helped me so much. But I realized, um, you know, after I had finally admitted to her and told her that I had. Thomas and I had decided that we needed to obey God and we needed to surrender our family to him. And, you know, we didn't know 100% what that was going to look like, but we knew that we had to walk in obedience. And the first thing out of her mouth after I shared that was, I can't stand you people who think more kids is better. And I just stopped and I was like, wow. Wow you're missing the point. It is not that more kids is better. It's that obedience to my God is the best. And the fact that you would blatantly deny the Holy Spirit in my life and you would deny And try to convince me that that wasn't what God was telling me to do, made me stop in my tracks and it made Thomas and I go, this is what needs to go. This is what needs to be, this is what must go in order for us to be able to obey God. And follow him and his will and his plan for our life. Because these people are so drunk on society, on false doctrine. And we have allowed them to speak and direct our life for the past five years. And it was nothing but broken, 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 brokenness. It was one of the reasons our marriages was so bad. Because they would make comments about Thomas to me. Like, how can you respect him if he doesn't stand up and... And build this for your family and take care of you. They, they make stuff like that. Like, guys, we've, we've got to watch who we allow to speak into our lives. So I'm, I'm going to ask you now, what must go? What must you be ruthless with? in order to follow God's plan and to obey Him. Because the reality of the situation is that in order to truly move forward to that next step in your life, there's something that has to go. And it, it broke our heart because we loved what we were doing, but it broke our heart more to realize that we were so far off from what God was telling us to do. And like I said in my story, again, when we obeyed and when we were ruthless and we removed we it it had to go it must go from our life guys what God has done his faithfulness like man (laughs) I wouldn't trade it for the world I would not trade it for the world because there's nothing better than walking in his will there's nothing better than being able to experience the true power of who we serve. I mean, this is something that I just, a verse that I was just reading today. It says, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing And the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's Titus 3, 5 through 7. Guys, this... Oh my goodness. And then it continues. The saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless. And then it says it here. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and twice have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. This verse explains exactly what, where we were and how we had to move forward. And I, I hope that, again, from listening to my story, you're not just going, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you allowed those, pe- I can't, those people. No, don't look at those people. Look at us. We allowed it. It was us who, who blocked out the spirit of God speaking into our life. Who, who stopped listening to His voice. And it talks about here, you know, good works. Those good works are the fruit that you're looking for. You're looking for people who are sharing the gospel that is completely out of the Bible. Not something they're making up. You're looking for people who in their daily lives, you're seeing radical behavior from them. Because honestly, again, when we decided to surrender and obey God and surrender our family to him, that's a good work. Believe it or not, that is a good work because that's God working in us. That's the Holy Spirit working in us and us knowing that in order to obey God and to fulfill his plan and bring his kingdom here on earth, that that was something he was asking us because he's writing our story that's not our story it's for his glory and it's to share with younger generations with older generations to show them this is how you walk out a surrendered life in Christ because the reality of the situation is you don't have to you don't have to do that God might not be saying I want you to surrender my family to, to me I want you to give that all to me but guess what he is saying? I want you to put it all at my feet and I will have you pick up what I want you to pick up. So if you're living your life and you have decided, I'm gonna have two kids and that's it, we're done. Have you consulted God or are you consulting men? Have you, have you laid that before God and said, God, this is where I'm at, what do you think? I think this is, you know, this is obviously where I've always been. I've always seen myself with two kids. God, if that's not in your will, Reveal it to me. He might say, yeah, cool, two kids, you're good. That's, that's as many as I want to give you. That is your quiver full. Those are your, that is your full blessing when it comes to children. But you cannot tell me, and I'm going to be harsh, I'm sorry. You cannot tell me that you are living your life in Christ, a surrendered Christian life, if you have not laid everything down on the altar before him. And that is what Thomas and I's goal right now. We are seeking that zealously, that anytime something comes into our life, are we laying it on the altar before God first and foremost? Are we allowing His voice to be the first voice that speaks to us? Or are we just listening to what society is telling us? Are we listening to to what sounds good? Are we seeking advice and counsel from people who know nothing of, of God and who He is? Guys, if you're going to seek counsel and advice, I advise you to find someone who you've heard their story. You have heard how they have lived their life for God and you are challenged by that and you trip over it a little bit because you can't believe how radical they are for God. Because the reality is God wants us to be nothing like society. God wants us he, he talks about the renewing of our mind daily. He talks about putting off all these things. I, I could go verse after verse after verse. I got to get better at, at giving you guys verses. Just Google it even. It'll pop up all these verses of what God says to throw off, what God says to reject. Society is Satan made. And for Thomas and I, we have stopped and we've looked at our life and said, If there's anything in our life that lines up with what society says, that's a red flag for us. doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong because there's some things that align because just whatever, but that is a red flag and we need to go, okay, have we put this before the foot of God? Because our, our whole reason, our whole purpose we're on this earth is to bring his kingdom is to share the gospel is to live out a life that shows the fruit of God in it. And if we're not doing that, if we're not making radical decisions and radical choices for our God about how we live our life, if people look at me and tell me I'm nuts, I say thank you because guess what? I may be nuts to you, but man, God's looking at me saying, good, done well, you know, good and faithful servant because you're choosing to remember that I am sovereign over all that I created you that I destined a plan for you. I destined things for you to do before you were even thought of, before the foundation of this world. And I have created you to walk them out. So, again, I may be way out there in the weeds for you. (laughs) No worries. I mean, I would love to have a conversation with you. I am totally an open book. I'm not mean, I promise, even though I can get very passionate but i'm just i'm asking you guys to really think who are you listening to and maybe it's it's time to start shifting what you know what needs to go what voices in your life must go in order for you to truly live out the life that god wants you to so that's my challenge to you today um, I would love feedback on this. I'd love to know, what do you think? You know, where are you at? Because reality is we're all at different places and there's no shame in being transparent. Even two years ago, if you would have tried to confront me on it, I would have probably ripped it apart and told you how I knew I was right and what I was doing. So it's okay to be transparent and to say, I'm struggling with this or, oh, wow, Oh, wow, I might be doing that. How do I know? You know, can you can you give me more information? And the reality of the situation is you need to look at the decisions you've made. Are they Christ on your, is Christ on the throne as you're making these decisions? Or are you on the throne and Christ is just kind of floating around? He's just the accessory in your life. Sure, I'm a believer, but oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to surrender my finances to God. Nope, that's my control. Yeah, I'm a believer. I love God. He's amazing. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not giving you my family. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I'm having two kids. That would disrupt my entire life. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a believer. I I love God. Oh, you want me to come to church every Sunday? Are you kidding? Like, no. I I got stuff to do. Sunday's a Sunday's a family day. I get to go, you know, Sunday's brunch morning. I don't I don't go to church. No, 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 but I love God. You know, I don't, I don't need to be in church to, to love him and to, to be close to him. Well, I mean, read your Bible. Cause I think the Bible says something very different, but here's the cool thing is by the grace of God, he loves us no matter what, no matter what we've done, no matter how dumb, like I said, Thomas and I were for five years. We, we live this life but by His grace. We were, we were awoken from this and brought out of it. So I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope that it, it allows you to feel empowered to truly, to truly obey God and to see just how, how powerful He can be in your life and the things that He can do when we obey and we truly surrender. So I love you guys. I hope you have got a great day, to guy, today, and I will talk to you again soon. All right, bye. Thanks for joining me.